0: Hello friends and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I am a certified trauma recovery coach and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help validate and support those who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Today, we are going to talk about the smear campaign. Um, We're going to talk about what that might look like and when it begins and what to do about it. Before we begin, I'm going to do my struggles and successes. Um, A struggle is that I'm sick right now. And I'm really bummed because I'm feeling re-energized after a trip to Mexico, which I mentioned in the last episode. Um, I was feeling really run down. I wasn't able to share uh, great content or anything like that. I came back super energized, but I also came back sick. So I'm kind of like, I have the energy to work, but I'm going to be coughing the entire episode. And um, so I apologize. Please bear with me. <clears throat> um, a success is that I just recorded a podcast with the lovely Ashley from the Narc and Me. And it was a really awesome episode. I'm super honored to have been invited to talk with her on her podcast and just really excited about the people who are out here educating alongside me educating validating you know spreading awareness talking about the important things coaching survivors through you know leaving their abusers um how to recover all of that stuff i think it's really important and a lot of times even though we're talking about really yucky things i feel very energized after these conversations with all survivors um in fact I, I got to meet her in Austin, Texas uh, about a month ago, and even though we spent the entire weekend talking about abuse, I mean, not every second, but we were talking about abuse and recovery and this and that, um, it's super empowering and really energizing for me to be in those spaces and to be able to, to give back and to help the community and things like that. So right now, even though I am sick and I'm like, eh, I don't feel great, I'm very happy and I'm very energized right now. So let's go ahead and dive in to the smear campaign. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous! Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. One of the things that I come across with people who are reaching out to me in my DMs, which again, if you're listening, I apologize if you have ever sent me a DM. It's not possible for me to read or respond to all of them so a lot of them do get missed and I feel very bad about that um, but I get a lot of dms every single day um but with my clients as well a lot of people will say that you know I'll ask them like what are some of the things that are holding you back from leaving what can we work on to get you to that point because obviously you are aware that you're being abused and that you want to get out but you haven't gone to the tipping scale point which we all have to get to eventually hopefully Um, And that is not a victim shaming thing where it's like, why haven't you left yet? It's like, how can I help tip the scale for you? How can I get, what can I put on that other scale to get you out of there? And a lot of people fear the retaliation. Obviously, if it's physical, you know, financial can be massive. It's very scary to leave an abusive person, and I have done entire episodes, I have done a lot, and a lot of us who are out here educating on abuse talk about that, it's not easy to leave, it's, it takes a long time, it's a huge struggle, you probably need a lot of support, um, but one of the things is how I fear, what people are going to think about me when I leave, I know that they're going to do this, I know they're going to do that, I know they're going to get ahead of me, they're going to say this to people, they're going to, you know, my work, my friends, my family, what are they going to say, what are they going to do, and one of the things... <clears throat> That I realized when I left was that the smear campaign that we fear so much. If I leave tomorrow, they're going to they're gonna launch a smear campaign. That campaign has been running since the day you met them. Or the week you met them or the month you met them. Um, <clears throat> a lot of abusive people will start the smear campaign right away. And while it's not <coughs> as obvious as when you leave and you start to hear people saying, well, they told me you did this, they told me that. You know, there's two sides to every story. This is what they said. This is what you're saying. We think that it starts then and there, but they've been planting the seeds in everyone's brain around you since the very beginning. They isolate you, right? We all know that they, they isolate you from your friends so you don't have that support. Um, a lot of my friendships were sabotaged. If the person <coughs> could see that my ex was like, not okay, not healthy, my ex would sabotage that relationship. Say bad things about them. They don't really care about you. They're lying. They're just jealous of us. They're jealous of me. They don't like me for whatever reason. You shouldn't talk to them anymore. Things like that. Um, so you're losing your support system. The other people around you who you think are supportive, if they know both of you, probably actually are viewing it a different way. So for example, we both attended the same gym for a very long time and we had quote unquote mutual friends. People who we would both talk to at the gym. I even had people that I personally would hang out with that my abuser wouldn't hang out with. And, you know, I was thinking that I was safe with them, that that I, you know, I could confide in them, what was going on. Um, But the reality is that as soon as I started talking about it, that person sided with my abuser. Those people sided with my abuser because the abuser is giving little piece, bits and pieces all throughout. Well... Lindsay did this today, or Lindsay did that, or Lindsay took the kid, or Lindsay took the dog, or Lindsay this, Lindsay that, she's so mean, she's so cruel, she yelled at me, she called me a name, whatever, but they're never telling anyone what they're doing to you. They're never saying like, she lashed out at me, she threw a pillow at me, she screamed at me, she said she hated me, she was gonna leave, because I was taunting her, because I pushed her, because I've been controlling her and ruining her life for two and a half years, and she's mad. They don't tell the whole story, right? But they're planting, they show up at work, Oh, you're looking rundown. What's going on? Well, another fight with Lindsay. Another this. Another that. They are planting those seeds all throughout. I promise you. Um, they may be specifically doing things to cause you to become triggered. While they are out with friends, or while you are all out with friends, um, I can recall many, many events where. I fell into the trap and quote-unquote made myself look crazy I looked crazy because my reaction um, to their behavior (coughs) and I believe I did a whole episode about it's like when an abuser goes out for drinks like one of the things that they would do is they would know that you know if they went out alone that I wanted to know about when they would come home because my father passed away when I was 13 at 9 42 p.m. so for me If I don't know when you're coming home or I haven't heard from you and it's 3am and I don't know if you're coming home. I don't know if you're going to get in the car and drive home. I don't know if you're safe. I don't know if someone abducted you. I don't know where you are. I start to worry. I can't sleep. I just want to know that you're safe. Um, Hopefully if I'm in a relationship I trust my partner not to cheat on me. Obviously that doesn't happen a lot when we're with abusive people because we're taught to be very insecure um, from the get go. But I would would react, you know? They would say, I'll be home by 11 p.m., three o'clock rolls around, they're not home, I haven't slept yet, I'm pacing, I'm wondering if they're still alive. And I start calling a lot or texting a lot and I'm looking crazy and they're sitting there going, she's calling again, and they're ignoring the calls, they're ignoring the texts, and they're doing that on purpose to further trigger you. And then also they're telling their friends while they're at the bar calmly talking, this is what I put up with. She's super insecure, she's jealous, she's crazy she doesn't like when i'm out with other people they're setting you up to look crazy um and this happens a lot and then another example is dog whistling um where you might be out with a group of people and they'll say something with you to get a reaction they'll call out one of your insecurities but quietly or in like a joking way that other people are like ah whereas you're like oh my gosh you know they've been pointing out this flaw to me for months and months and months and now they've just said it publicly in front of everybody I feel undesired, I feel unloved, I feel horrible, and now I look like the angry one, I look like the unstable one, I look and they're just calm, they're just sitting there like, why are you reacting? Another thing that we talk, I talked about with Ashley was, you know, during the holidays where they might start a fight right before you go visit their family or your family, they might start a fight right before you go out to dinner with friends or something like that, so that you show up, there's tension, um, but they're looking calm, and you're Upset. Because you have actual emotions. You are actually being abused. You're sad. You're tired. You're confused. You're frustrated. All of those things. Whereas they're like, yup. I pushed their buttons. We had the argument. We walked in. There's tension. They look crazy. I look good. I'm grabbing a beer. I'm chilling with this person. We're talking about football or we're talking about whatever it is. And so that is part of it. Making you look bad in front of other people, either in person, in real time, or You know while they are out ignoring you pushing your buttons even when they are not around you so that they can tell their friends yep she's doing it again yep my sister's birthday is tomorrow thank you computer um you know she's reacting she's doing this she's doing that she's crazy this is what i put up with i can remember just this like super elaborate story of you know a night that they were out it's like 4 a.m i still haven't heard from them and then the next day they came home and they're supposed to come home in the morning and go to, like, an event with me. But I did not hear from them until, like, 4 p.m. So I took my son. We went to the event. We did the thing. Came back home. They were there. And I was like, what? You know, what happened? Oh, I stayed up all night talking to my friend. And I was like, oh, this relationship is so taxing. And my friend was like, no, like, you gotta stay. Like, she's probably just hurting. And she's just, like, insecure and blah, blah. Like, this made this whole show. And I don't know if that conversation even took place. Like, honestly, I don't know. But it's this whole, like... My friends know that I'm fighting so hard for this and like, you know, you're just like so insecure and blah, blah, blah. But like they forget to like, they don't forget, they know that they like started planting the seeds to make you insecure, to make you not trust them, to make you feel like you were worthless, to make you feel like they didn't care that they weren't going to be there. All of that stuff since the beginning. If they don't do that and you leave, the smear campaign is less believable. If, if we're all hanging out and we're friends and I've told you nothing but good things about my relationship. And then all of a sudden the next day I say, actually, they were abusive. Actually, they harmed me. Actually, they did this. Actually, they did that. It's going to be hard for you to believe me. But if for two and a half years or 10 years or one year or six months, I've been saying this girl's a problem. I'm really putting up with a lot. I'm losing myself over this relationship because she's X, Y, Z. And of course, not talking about what they've done to put you in this extended state of dysregulation they're gonna believe them and then when you start talking about it, when you start to say hey I need help <coughs> hey this happened hey that happened they don't believe you and they think that you're running a smear campaign so it's all very it's very elaborate and we most of the time don't realize that it's happening so again we are fearing that this will happen if I leave when in reality, it's already been put in place. The, It's already been in motion for a long time. Another thing that they can do, I already talked about that, maintaining that calm facade of, you know, <clears throat> having them be the calm one, the level-headed one. I can tell you right now that people at that gym saw me unhappy. They saw me... Um, I used to dance, I used to laugh, I used to be silly, and they knew that. I was a coach um, until I decided to go back to work as an interpreter, and I know that they saw me unhappy and miserable, but then my abuser would come in, who's always just been this quiet, sort of mysterious, like, not super fun person, but just like kind of there. They're coming in, they're calm, they're consistent, they're doing their job, they're whatever, and I'm there, you know, before I left, of course, um, looking upset. Looking uncomfortable, possibly reacting to little things like, you know, maybe they're handing me my weights and they're saying something about like, you know, how I'm not as strong as I used to be, so here's your small weight or something like that. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? They're saying you react and they're seeing the abuser stay calm and that also further helps their smear campaign because again, you're the one displaying emotions, what society views as negative emotions. While this person's just like, all right, everyone, today we're going to do pull-ups or whatever it looks like for you. Obviously, I'm using this, my experience as an example, but (coughs) people see that lack of negative emotion as health, as stability, as whatever, as you are the person who was weighing them down and holding them back from having a happy relationship. And on that note, we're going to hop onto the next thing, which is Having friends after a breakup or even moving into another relationship after a breakup so the abusive person quite often and this isn't always like a Lot of people fear being alone so they might jump into another relationship right away and that doesn't mean they're abusive It just means that they fear being alone and I don't condone that like I think that it's really important to take time to be single so again It's not like just because that person got into another relationship or was hanging out with friends after it doesn't mean that they are abusive but I in general That abusive person has someone lined up before you even leave. Mine indeed did. Um, so they look like that they're moving on, that they have found happiness and they will even say that to the new person. I feel like I can be happy with you. You're making me feel like the happiness is possible when for so long I didn't feel like it. And so they're using that other person and also having friends, hanging out with people from the gym, hanging out with people from work, calling back friends that they've kept around, that they're, they don't actually invest in, they don't actually have close ties with, but those, they're calling back all of those people so that they can publicly post pictures with friends or with the new supply <clears throat> so that other people sh- see them going to this event, doing this, doing that, looking healthy again. Oh my gosh, it really was. It was Lindsay. Lindsay was the problem because look at that person. They have friends, they've got a new partner. They're doing great. Wow, what's Lindsay doing? Oh, she's moping around. She's moping around. She's publicly talking about this relationship. Lindsay's the (coughs) problem. And a lot of people will think, you know, well, that person hasn't started a relationship with That person's not hanging out with friends. Because I was very, I, I further isolated myself because I needed to sift out what friends were actually friends, who was safe to be around, and who was around for the wrong reason. Or who my nervous system wasn't calm around. And so that further sort of serves to make you look like the crazy one, the bad one, the abuser, the aggressor, the unstable one, whatever you want to call it. And I still have people comment that. Why are you still single? What's wrong with you? They probably moved on. They probably have another partner. They're probably doing great because that's what society thinks, that if you go and you have another partner, you're moving on, you're healing. That's not necessarily the case. It can be, maybe. Um... Again, I firmly believe in in being single and taking time to heal from that. We want to make sure that we don't repeat what we went through when we come out of these relationships. But they're going to use people around them to make it look like they're happy, healthy individuals who are just being held back. And then when you go off, when you're selective about who you're around, you might start cutting other people out of your life like I did, other people who I was like, "You know what? Again, my nervous system doesn't feel calm around you, and I felt problematic." if I end this friendship, if I set massive boundaries between my sister and I, I look like a problem. I look like I can't have relationships. Like I'm unstable, like I'm always triggered all the time. But in reality, a lot of times we are around people who you know, we're perpetuating that pattern that we learned in childhood. And maybe we have friends, siblings, partners who are helping us repeat that pattern. And if I'm around someone that I feel like that with, like I feel like my childhood trauma is being repeated I'm going to cut you out, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being the bad guy, the crazy one, the dramatic one, the one who can't maintain friendships, quote unquote. I'm okay with that. And when I have my small circle of safe, healthy people, even if they're not in you know a close physical location, some of my best friends are in Spain, Mexico, New York, across the country, um, and I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with other people thinking that I'm crazy and I'm bad because I'm not living with another person three days after my partner left me or after I left my partner. I'm okay with that. And so that's something that we have to do when we realize that the smear campaign is happening, that it has been happening, that people are going to think things about us that we're crazy, that we're unstable, that we're dramatic, that we're lying, that we're making it up for attention, that we can't let go, that this other person was the healthy one, that is fine. That is okay. And you have to realize that in order to heal, to let it slide off your back and to cut off your access to the information. So if someone were to come up to me and say, your abuser told me, uh, 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 I don't care what my abuser told you. I have an idea of what they told you and I don't want to know and I don't need to know. Stop there. If you're talking to my abuser, I'm not talking to you. So setting those boundaries, we don't We don't need to know what our abuser is saying about us. We do not need to know that because it's just going to hold us back. It's further keeping us in the trauma bond. It's keeping us from healing. Yeah, you're going to wonder, um, especially at first. I don't wonder at all. I don't know if they're talking about me. I don't care if they are. It doesn't. Harm me in the life that I have created for myself. Now. I'm not around anyone else I have to worry what they think about me Um, and again if I were to have you know Someone is still in my circle and then I find out that they have access to information about my abuser or from my or Something like that then they have to go Um, Because again, it's it's not something that I It's not something that I need to know um And I know that that's a really hard hurdle to get over because we just, we, we, it's like, I want to know what they're saying about me. I want to know if they're still talking about me. I want to know what to be prepared for if someone comes up to me and it's hard when it's family. It's very hard when it's family or your abuser might still be talking to your family. That is that much harder to get over. But for me, it's like if your family is going to be respectful of your healing, so if your abuser's talking to your mom or your sibling, They are not respecting your healing if they're still talking to your abuser and they're still giving you information and vice versa. That's not respecting your healing. And even if it's temporary, you may need to take a massive step back from those people and say, until I know that you are safe to be around, I'm going to hit the road. I hope that someday you can be safe for me again. Right now you are not. So that's That's a huge thing. Understanding what the smear campaign is, what it looks like, understanding that it's been happening the entire time. It's not something that you can avoid necessarily. There's a chance that you leave and your abuser doesn't further, you know, or up the smear. I used to say launch the smear campaign, but like up the smear campaign, you know, 100 notches or whatever. It's been happening. It's probably going to happen. Um, To learn to be okay with it. To learn to not care what is being said about you and to, to stand firm in your truth and that what they are saying does not change what happened, what they did, what you experienced. Um, to know that it, what they are saying about you and what others think about you does not define who you are as a person. You get to define who you are as a person, how you feel, how you interact with people, how you heal, what you do and do not do from this point on they don't get to define that for you. And, um, and yeah, just walking through that, like walking over the coals of that burning fire and just being like, this is going to hurt for a second, but I know I can get to the other side. Um, it's just another way to control you. It's another way to abuse you. It's a way to control what other people think about you. And We don't have to tolerate it. We don't have to live that way. We don't have to know about it. And it's, it can be extremely isolating, but again, that's okay. That's okay. It's important for us to be in a safe place to heal. Our our nervous systems need to be calm to heal and being around those people who are going to self-contact with an abusive person are not safe for you to be around. So that's a lot. It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to have to come to terms with. Um, And I don't expect you to overnight be like, oh, well, Lindsay said that it's okay that they're doing a smear campaign and I shouldn't care. So tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be fine. No, absolutely not. Sit with it. Change how you view the smear campaign. Tell, Tell yourself that it doesn't define you. It doesn't change anything. Your story, your truth is your truth. It is no matter what they say. And start to start to work on accepting it and moving on from it. It's part of, you know, it's just a part of, of, of moving on from the whole entire thing. There's so many moving pieces in place and so many things that we have to, like tiny little things and big things that we have to heal from. And it's just another one of those things. Um, I can remember a moment, like for the first like month or two, I really did. Like, I wanted to know what they were saying about me because I wanted, I I was like, I needed to feel safe. Like, I need to understand, like, when I come back to Washington, what am I getting into? What are people going to think? I'm going back to this town. Like, what's going on? And then I got to a point where I, you know, I had come back and someone, someone was like, your abuser told this person who told me that you did this. And I said, yeah, I knew they would say that. And I didn't defend myself and I didn't say anything else. Don't defend yourself either. Do not defend yourself. I almost forgot to say that. Don't defend yourself because your abuser wants you to defend yourself. Your abuser wants you to look crazy to counter argue, to possibly reach out and be like, how could you tell people this? Blah blah blah. Don't reach out. Do not defend yourself. That moment, I was sitting in my car outside the outside the house. I had just gotten home from work, and I said, yeah, I knew they would say that. I, you know, that's what they tell people. And the person on the other end said, well, I mean, I knew that. You know, I trust you, and I know that they're lying because I've been around this person, and I know what they're like. Um. But that moment when I was like, that has no power over me. Um, and again, it didn't happen overnight, but it was just being like, doesn't matter what they say. It does not matter what they say. It has no power over me. And you can get to that point. I promise you. All right. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with me for these 25 minutes. If you like this, uh, podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, all the things, um, YouTube as well. Um, I really want to get this into the ears of the people who need it the most and all of your interactions really do make that happen. Um, if you want to hang out with me more, you want more from me. Um, especially if you want to see more from me than just abuse. If you follow me on Instagram, I talk about a lot of things there. I travel. I'm a single mom. Um, <clears throat> I'm a sign language interpreter. I am healing. Um, I have ADHD. I talk about PTSD. Um, I talk about all the things, the dogs, the kid, all the stuff. So if you want to see who I am as a person and not just talking about abuse, Instagram is the place to go. But either way, across the board, I'm the Lindsay Goodman. Um, on Twitter, I am the Lens Goodman. So please go and check me out in those places. Send me a message. Again, I can't read and or respond to every single message, but it does mean a lot to me to know that you're there. Um, and I really appreciate all your support and the platform that you have all given me over the last year so. Again, that is all for today. I will be back next week with more. Please take care of yourselves. Drink water. um, And uh, I'll be back next week.